Hey, this is Lee Dark of Empower IT in Ontario, Canada. And I am Josh Chamnus with Signal IT Consulting from the Chicagoland area. We are current MSP owners and your guides to starting and building an MSP. This is the Nimble MSP Show, a podcast for startup MSPs by current MSPs. Your hosts, Josh and Lee, will discuss the challenges and strategies of bootstrapping and growing an MSP business. With interviews and actionable tips, each episode will reveal the secrets and lessons learned by nimble MSP owners all around the world. It's a jungle out there. Welcome back to the Nimble MSB podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about getting stuff done. And uh, Josh is going to lead in today and talk about our first item, which is maintaining your focus. Yeah. So, you know, Lee, we've, we've been talking a little bit about this, you know, especially with the, the holiday season coming up and everybody trying to close out the end of the year that's uh, trying to figure out and maintain that focus to, to do this little sprint to the end of the into the year and close everything out definitely has its its advantages in being able to you know have that focus all year long and keep things you know in their nice tight package and and moving forward down the line but you know I, i've really been working on this a lot lately personally myself and you know it's something i've studied for years and years and just trying to keep making it better one of the biggest things that i've found is that multi multitasking does not exist uh you know i think you and i had talked about this earlier and you mentioned you know that that we're we're single cpu processors we can only do really do one thing at a time right so uh definitely keep that in mind you know for everybody out there nobody can really truly multitask you, you need to make sure you can keep your focus on one thing um, yeah i mean i've i've always said that uh, there's no such thing as multitasking it's just doing many things poorly (laughs) (laughs) yeah absolutely (laughs) so one of the biggest uh you know keys that i've found within this past year was uh to to set my mind right at the beginning of the day and to start my morning off uh on the days that i'm able to actually do you know do what i'm going to tell you it, it it is really helps, but, you know, trying not to jump into work immediately and actually taking a little bit of time first thing in the morning for yourself to collect your thoughts, have a nice quiet breakfast, you know, get some time to either sit down and read a little bit, you know, maybe write a little bit has really helped or even, you know, to meditate has, has helped me quite a bit. I've kind of made it just basically like an hour of me. Uh, first thing in the morning. It, it really seems to to help me out with that. Um, one of the things that it really is, has helped is, you know, trying to to find my, you know, what my priorities are by slowing down a little bit has really helped me to identify and figure out what the priorities are overall as a business, but also what the priorities are as we move backwards into what's what's the priority that needs to get done today. And that has really helped to uh, put my mind in the right track and keep going with that. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, something that I found useful is is creating a matrix. This is part of like getting things done 
there's a number of people out there that use a very similar system. But create a matrix for yourself. And uh, you've got basically four quadrants of uh, you're going to do it now, you're going to schedule it, you're going to delegate it, or it's not worth it, you're just going to delete it. And uh, as things come across your desk, just throw them into these, into these four quadrants. And uh, that can really help you get things done. And if you couple that with your email and do the same thing in email uh, with some categories, then uh, that can be really helpful as well. And uh, creating a quick tip in your email can instantly turn uh, a task or, or, or a do or a schedule into a task. And now that Microsoft's made such great inroads with combining uh, the to-do list with the planner, and uh, there are continual improvements that are coming, you know, combine that with Microsoft flows. And you've got a pretty powerful system where you can, can kick off of, you know, a bunch of events that happen on uh, the instance of when you create a task. So it's, there's, there's lots of power out there for sure. Yeah, definitely, definitely being able to use that, use that technology to, to your benefit can, can really help quite a bit. Um, one of the other big things that, you know, Lee and I have both discussed and, and definitely agree upon is, is trying to do a, a, a little bit of a plan ahead. So uh, one of the things that I, I brought up with him was, you know, that I, I like to do and has been trying to do a Sunday planning to plan out what are the, the projects that you want to see done over the course of the week and trying to look at your schedule and put in around the other meetings and calls and things that you have some time to set aside and, and do those. Uh, one, of the, one of the big points that Lee had brought up was you know, trying to, at the end of your day, so at the end of a Monday, you sit down and you make up your list of the three priorities that you want to get done on Tuesday <clears throat> and continue to do that on a day after day basis. And you will see your productivity and your focus go through the roof in, in what you can actually accomplish with that. One thing I found is that um, by doing that, it, it really helps out. And uh, it also enables you with your long-term vision as well. So, you know, you've got, uh, as IT people, we've got uh, checklists. We're all checklist maniacs. So if you look at your vision where you've got a long-term vision, and you've got, uh, you know, a checklist around it, and then you've got some shorter term stuff that needs to be done and the checklist around that. So by, by ticking off the things that are on the shorter term list and achieving the, the things that are on the longer term list, it just becomes uh, an exercise of checklist management. And if you continue to produce your checklist on a regular basis, then you've got a pretty powerful system of, of knowing what to do every day versus you know, starting your day in your office and going, oh, I think I'll just work on this. Because we have a tendency to work on the easy tasks and avoid the hard tasks, which means that that stuff gets pushed off. So yeah, it's definitely important to manage those checklists. Yeah, and, and one of the you know, techniques that I had heard about and I've, I've tried to practice a couple of times has, has been the Pomodoro technique where you try to divide your, your portion of your uh, work up into certain blocks of time. And typically, you know, if you're having a really hard time focusing, you usually start out with a, a, a smaller block of time. So maybe like 15 minutes worth of time that you just completely pour yourself out into doing nothing but that one task. 
and you know after that 15 minutes is done you take a, you take a small break and kind of the general overall technique is actually stated that you try to build it up to a 25 minute block of time where you're you're managing your time that way in 25 minute blocks and bundling those all together to create your entire day but you know in order to do that you kind of need to look at setting up some different pieces for your 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 work environments that you you know your desk that you're sitting at your room you know everything to to try to remove that clutter as much as you possibly can and one of the other big pieces of where you can look at removing that clutter is definitely when you look at your inbox i i know i get I don't know how many hundreds of emails within a day. And sometimes whenever I flip back over to my email and I look at it, 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 I feel like I could almost bust out into hives and, and, you know, it really gives me a, that nervous feeling like I'm not getting enough done and that takes away from my focus. So what I've really found that has, has helped me, especially within this year too, was if I'm done with it, I delete it. It doesn't matter. Uh, but if it's if you know it's a correspondence back and forth with one of your clients, whatever it is, you know once the once the conversation is done, and I'm done with that conversation, it's just best to delete it, not to hold on to it. I, I personally know that I can always go back into my archives if I ever needed to, into my backups of my emails if I really really have to produce what's going on or what had gone on or a conversation that I needed to, to uh, recount later. And the odds of that actually happening are, are very slim to none. Uh, at this point, I can honestly count on probably both of my hands this year, how many times I actually had to go to an email that was a little bit over two years old. So um, it's, it's pretty simple to, to get from that. Yeah, that can be a tough one, though, uh, you know, coming from the corporate world. Uh, you know, one thing that I always did was save all my email. I had emails going back a long time because you never knew when you were going to need it. And uh, it was kind of a CYA thing that uh, having email was a good thing to do. So that definitely uh, something that I uh, have a challenge with. I do archive my email regularly, but uh, I am trying to clear up my inbox more because I am pretty guilty. Of, of having a, a fairly large amount of just unread email sitting in my inbox because I, I just leave it alone. I either I take action with it and then I just don't bother with it. So that's definitely something that, uh, that I think I need more discipline with uh, myself. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I've, I've been guilty of that over the course of time. And honestly, it's, it's, it's uh, kind of bad because I've, I've gone in, you know, to client and I see that they have, you know, 200,000 messages inside of their inbox. And I, I have no idea how they can do that. And, you know, it, it seems to irritate me so much. But then I come back to my own inbox and look at it and it's, you know, 100,000. That's not any better than what they were doing. So I guess I shouldn't necessarily be near as judgy with it. But, uh, you know, anyway, kind of get back on, on track with this. Um, you know, Lee had mentioned about the more getting things done and doing the priority and kind of having that quadrant piece. Um, and we actually, we had actually provided the resource that, you know, we will be sharing out on our, the nimblemsp.com and .ca uh, website very soon that you guys can come in and download, you know, 
the exact layout of how to do that, how to use the Outlook client to categorize your emails and, and do things like that. So we will be providing that uh, very shortly. Uh, one of the other pieces that you should really look at is if you want to go down the line of trying to use the Pomodoro technique is to actually get a simple, very simple little egg timer to put on your desk. Don't use your phone. Don't use something that's electronic because you're going to constantly want to take away your focus and just let the simple little timer be, you know, they cost very simply, you know, three to $10. Uh, might as well just go out and grab a little timer and use that so that it's not some something that can distract you or or take your focus onto something else whenever uh, you just want to see how much time is left on your particular timer project. Um, and to get back to what we had talked about earlier is look at the different things that you can potentially automate, even that come into your inbox. Um, you know, use some of those rules and. Uh, auto categorizing. So if you, you know it's something from a client, uh, you could create an inbox rule that would automatically force that over into your uh, follow-up later uh, folder. Or if you know that it's just simply a, a vendor invoice that's coming in and it just it needs to be uh, filed away, you can create you know, several automated tasks to be able to file that information for you, um, you know, that, that's one of the big things that you can take away from that. Yeah, for sure. This is where the strength of something like Microsoft Flows come into play. Um, something that I've done is I have a flow that strips all the attachments off my email and puts them in a folder. So instead of having to search my email for attachments, I just have to search the folder for attachments. And uh, that makes things a lot more easier. Uh, you know, heart, uh, what Josh has said with uh, the accounting as an example, if you got receipts coming in through email, you could create a flow that strips off the receipts from your accounting uh, email address and then put them in a specific folder in your, uh, in your SharePoint. And then that way you don't have to manually do it yourself. It's, it's you know, not a huge time saver, but uh, it's, it definitely saves a fair bit of time over time for sure. And then looking at the value of, of your SOPs and your checklists. Um, again, you know, being checklist maniacs that we are as IT people, um, there's a lot of value in your SOPs because they can save you time. And if you're, you know, as you're starting out as a one-man shop, if you don't have any SOPs or you've neglected to actually create that stuff, then you're not doing everything the same way every time. You're kind of flying by the seat of your pants. And, you know, everything's in your head, right? That's just the way that it is. And, and we're all good at that. But if you get it written down and you start doing it the same every time, it makes it easier to hand it off to somebody else. And that's when you start to see the power of delegation. Yeah, definitely, you know, start small, start on the very small things and work your way up with, with doing a lot of that. Um, and like Lee said, build those SOPs, build those checklists and make that a constant within your business because it will only make you get make your uh, resolutions faster, as well as let you maintain your focus on what exactly is important with it and not get too stuck on onto something else. And you know, one of the other big things that you have to look at is 
when you set up and schedule meetings, try to make sure that uh, everybody that's participating in the meeting has the exact uh, idea of what the the objective, the, the very clear objective of the meeting is. Uh, even in, in preparing for this particular podcast, Lee and I got together and we got off onto probably three different tangents before we actually even sat down to start writing out what we wanted to talk about. And that was kind of where this this particular uh, podcast became, you know, the script was born because we, we got into our own heads of doing that, even though our uh, original objective was to write down a script. Uh, we weren't so clear about it, but after a little while, we got very clear and we did it at a, at a more efficient rate than we were uh, traveling down to begin with. So, you know, trying to, to do that clear objective and, and know exactly where you're going is, is a big thing. You know, one of the big biggest uh, pieces that you can do to understand where your time is being spent is, is you know, definitely to take your and track all of your time that you're doing, whether you're working in the business, on the business, uh, for clients, uh, for yourself, or even just taking free time for yourself, uh, or to educate yourself, you know, trying to set up just a simple time journal to, to understand where your time is spent on a daily basis can really help you quite a bit. Um, I, I wouldn't recommend to you to to try to divide it up into the most minuscule of categories you know don't go with anything more than about eight different categories um you know within its within a simple time journal it could be just as as basic as a specific notebook that you write in every single time that you you change course and it will give you a, a pattern view of how much are you able to actually focus on a daily basis on specific tasks or projects at hand. Yeah, OneNote is a great tool for this because you, you can create different sections and then you can put your daily notes in there. You know, looping back to the, the, the small number of categories, I would consider putting them, well, this is what I do, is I have my stuff blocked on based on I guess, archetypical activities that I need to do in a day. So I have a block of time for accounting. I have a block of time for IT support. If I'm involved with that, um, I, right now I have, uh, most of that is being done by the, the tech that I, I have. So, uh, and for other people, it could be an outsourced help desk, uh, that that's doing most of your, your, your ticket resolution. And you're just having to jump in on a few things here and there. I have a block of time for marketing. I have a block of time for operational based stuff. I only really have, I think probably about four or five actually overarching categories that I, I really track my time with. You know what, back in the day when I was an IT manager, you know, we're all into metrics and we all want to measure all these things. And you're, you're trying to look at the efficiencies of your, uh, you know, of the company and, and your help desk and all that stuff. But when you're at the beginning of building your business as a one person uh, MSP, sometimes that metric stuff can get in the way. So what you have to do is pick what makes sense for you and what you, and what you need to measure. Um, and, and again, checklists can be really helpful. If you've got a checklist of five or six items that you need to accomplish within the next 30 days, you know, if you're accomplishing those five or six items, then you know, you're, you're meeting your metrics per se. 
Now, if you look back at that checklist and three months has gone by and you've still got item three on there and you haven't got it done, then you got to ask yourself, why? Why is it taking me so long to achieve this? So whatever system you decide to put in place for you, uh, it doesn't have to be overly complicated. You just need to have some kind of system that, that holds you accountable and you need to have some kind of way of categorizing your, your efforts so that you can generally see where you're spending the time. And then as your business improves and, and you mature as an MSP, then those categories and those, those KPIs will, will mature as well. Yeah, definitely being able to, to track that and have true KPI, KPIs that you can work with uh, are, are going to be a big part of being able to grow your business uh, in, a, in a quick manner as well as that you're kind of putting that base down first and, and then building on top of uh, good habits and things like that. Um, you know, Lee had mentioned tracking your stuff inside of OneNote. You know, if you already have your ticketing system, you definitely are going to want to track everything inside of the ticketing, ticketing system so that you know how much you need to bill your clients. I mean, it's, it becomes that simple. Uh, some of the some of uh, the recommendations that I've seen out there, you know, there's different programs or apps that you can download on your phone to be able to track these. Uh, some of that can take away from the actual tracking and can, you know, get you away from your focus. But one of the devices that I've seen and heard that a lot of people have had a, a good success with is. It's, it's called a timular device. It's a very, it's a physical device that sits on your desk that uh, is like an eight-sided die and you just keep flipping your, you keep flipping it uh, to whatever side that you're working on at the time. So I, I definitely would recommend for everybody to, you know, check that out if it's something that uh, you, you feel would keep your focus a little bit better. But, you know, one of the biggest pieces that's uh, one of the biggest enemies to your focus is definitely uh, any disruption that can come from the outside. So, you know, your phone ringing, your email dinging, your phone buzzing, whatever it is, uh, you know, all of those are disruptions to get you off of exactly what, what you're needing to focus directly on. And one of the things that I would recommend is to evaluate how how urgent it is for you to answer that phone every single time that it rings. Um, I can tell you with great certainty that if you don't pick up the phone when your client calls every single time, uh, they are not going to fire you. Um, they, they would be okay with it if you call them back a little bit later. Uh, now they, you know, clients do want them to have their, you know, their, you to answer their calls on a somewhat of regular basis, but you, you are the business owner and you need to focus and you need to build the business to where it needs to be. So push comes to shove, hire an answering service if you absolutely have to, to, to get that phone to stop ringing uh, while you're trying to focus with things. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's a couple of strategies that you can use there or uh, are really tactics. Uh, you can hire a help desk to handle your ticketing. Of course, that means you got to have your documentation up to scratch. So if you don't have your documentation really strong, help desk is going to help you. It's just going to bounce back to you. So that kind of 
points to being a little bit more mature along the path of documentation before you do that. But something you can definitely do earlier is get an answering service. And uh, I mean, we've, <laughs> I mean, how many times have we called customer support to find out that the phone menu has changed, but it hasn't. And we got to listen to all 14 items through the phone menu before we can get to uh, the queue. Um, there's some companies out there that are really awesome at customer support. You know, you call and you get a live person. And I really appreciate that. So having an answering service during regular work hours, I think is something that is not only helpful to you, but I think your customers are really appreciated as well because at least they get to speak to a live person and then your answering service can email you or text you or what have you to get you to follow up. And uh, it also gives you the appearance of being a little bit more uh, professional, shall I say, than just uh, having everything go to your cell phone all the time. Because, uh, you know, as we talked about in a previous episode, the one thing you don't want is your customers having your cell phone number because you will get called on Sunday at 11.58 p.m. because somebody's decided they need to do a record of employment and they can't access the accounting system. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, uh, we've, we've harped quite a bit on the phone piece, but also, you know, looking at trying to maintain and not let your inbox challenge your, you know, your dis you with disruptions at all. Um, you know, I've recently, I've really been having to fight with this one myself, but it, it just came down and boiled down to one simple thing. Do I really go out and check my physical, you know, post office mailbox uh, as, as recent or, you know, as frequently as I do my email? No, not as much, you know, <laughs> I, I check that thing once a day, if that, I might even pick up the mail, you know, on the third day. And, you know, then my, my mail lady has shoved everything into the tiny mailbox. And uh, I don't know how it's not all just spilling out on the street, but um, you have to look at being able to treat your email box almost the same way. Yes, I know as, you know, people that work in technology, our primary avenue of being, you know, being communicated with is going to come through our inbox. But having it up to where it dings or, you know, shows a notification on my screen every uh, two minutes, whenever it goes off, that does nothing but create distractions for me and, and removes my focus from what I need to do. So what I've really been working on is trying to change it to where I close the actual application on my computer on a daily basis. I put my phone away from me and I only check my email every hour and trying to move that out further and further uh, as you become a little bit more comfortable and confident in it that things will be able to be taken care of uh, if you only check your email every two hours or every three hours would would be more ideal um, you know is definitely going to help you from that so make sure you're looking at turning off all the dings the vibrations that are coming from your phone the screen pops the toast you know, whatever it is uh, on your computer, on your mobile phone, to try to keep your focus as much as you possibly can. Yeah. One of the big culprits is social media because they're watching you all the time and measuring. And they're like, hey, Josh hasn't looked at his phone for 15 minutes. 
maybe I better send them a ping or a like or something to let them know that uh, social media is out there and, and needing his attention. And, uh, you know, LinkedIn is, uh, there's always somebody trying to sell you something, you know, hey, aren't we too? Um, so there's all sorts of distractions out there when it comes to social media. So turning those things off is, uh, is definitely worthwhile compared to the other stuff for sure. You know, and to kind of wrap all this up, um, you know, keep yourself from having as much just, you know, as few disruptions as possible and being able to concentrate specifically on the task at hand will help your business grow exponentially as you go. But on the backside of that, you have to be very wary of anything, uh, what's called uh, analysis by paralysis, or paralysis by analysis. I'm sorry, I said that backwards, didn't I? Um, just making sure that you're not overthinking things and trying to get it done. Uh, Lee had a, a couple of great, great listings right here. Uh, several months ago, he, he just popped one on me and he said, perfect is the enemy of done. And I thought that one was, at, at first I was like, what, what the hell did he just say? I, I must have missed that, but that one was great. Yeah, exactly. It's just... <laughs> It's just getting shit done, man. You, you just got to do it and you can't spend all your time trying to work everything out to the, you know, to the minute details and, and fuss over things. And uh, it all comes down to just having a little bit of uncertainty inside yourself and, uh, and, and, and trying to, and also a perfectionism that, that we all have as, as IT folks. The next thing is, you know, part and parcel of, of perfect is the enemy of done is courageous execution. Just do it. You know, it may screw up. Who cares? You know, more than likely you'll do 10 things right and one thing's wrong. So just do it. Don't overthink it and, and adjust as you go. It's, it's the best thing to do because if you spend all your time trying to plan and get things perfect, then, uh, it can be a problem. And we all know where it comes from because every one of us has sat there doing a server migration, doing a mail migration, spending all the prep and the time and getting things ready. And then you've got to click that button, you know, and then there's that little pop-up that says, are you sure? And you're like, if this is good, it's going to go great. And if there's something I missed, it's all going to go to hell in a handbasket. And so I, I know exactly how you all feel because we've all done it. We always want to make sure that we can get out of, uh, you know, have a backup plan, have a way to get out, all the rest of it. But when it comes to, to running your business, if you run it like an IT project, it's not going to go the same. You need to, you need to just focus on, on execution. You can be a little bit more fast and loose with getting things done in your business than you can with, with executing something like a, uh, an exchange migration. Yeah, definitely. So I hope these tips have helped everybody, you know, in, in trying to find and figure out that focus and, and look at, look at this and hear our stories, you know, that we've come back with and know that you're not alone, know that these things exist and um, that they can't all be overcome uh, by far. So we appreciate you guys listening in with us. So the book of the week is uh, Relax, Focus, and Succeed by uh, Carl Palachuk, uh, a great book. And uh, it, it covers some of the things that we've, we've spoken about today 
and uh, and just uh, is, is well worth your time reading. And uh, we've got our special guest next week. Um, Nigel Moore from uh, the Tech Tribe is uh, going to join us on our podcast. And uh, we've got some fun questions to ask him and uh, see how he responds. And it'll be cool because you'll finally get to listen to somebody else that talks more than I do. So <laughs> we can't wait, Nigel. <laughs> Absolutely. Looking forward to that. All right, everybody. Well, have a good day. Thank you for listening. Take care. Lee and Josh would like to thank you for listening to the Nimble MSP podcast. We hope this has helped you navigate in the IT jungle. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast to be notified about our next adventure. 